Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. I hope you had an amazing Christmas with you and yours. I'm just all over the place today. Man, this is ridiculous. Stop it. And uh, if you didn't have a great Christmas, well, there's always next year. We, uh, we had an amazing Christmas service here a couple weeks ago. Once again, I would like to say a huge thank you to Charlene and Christy and Troy and Danny. And Last week, LifePoint Zachary knocked it out of their park with, the, with their Christmas service. And if you haven't seen the Wildlife Kids video from LifePoint Zachary, do yourself a favor. Go look it up on Facebook and watch it because it is awesome. And a uh, big shout out to Lizzie and her team. And uh, we're going to look at one scripture today for our reading. It's Matthew 6.33. And I've just got a few minutes. And so I won't preach very long. And the church, I can hear an amen when I say that. I just, I hear it in your spirit. Matthew 6.33, it says, but seek first. Seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The Greek word for first is, Strong says proton, Thayer says protos. It means first in time, place, succession of things or persons. First in rank, influence, honor, importance. Seek first. And today I'd like to preach a message entitled, Jesus at the Center. Jesus at the Center. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts today in a powerful way. And for this, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you grew up in a Christian home, especially a devout Christian home, then at Christmas time, no doubt, these fellas, these guys came out. You saw these guys. They got on the mantle of the fireplace or they were in your front yard. A nativity scene. How many of you had this growing up in your house? How many of you still put it on the mantle or in your front yard? We got some hands? The, Aaron. Oh, at your parents' house. I, I'm impressed, bro. I'm impressed. You're, you're growing up, son. I'm so proud of you. I've got some funny memes for you that have to do with nativities. Let me show you these real quick. Check this out. I like this one a lot. It's coming, y'all. I promise. It's coming. It is on its way. For those of you who have birthdays around Christmas, you get this. Just to be perfectly clear, these gifts are for your birthday and Christmas, right? <laughs> Thank God mine's in August. Here's another one for you. I always like dinosaurs at the nativity scene. We've got a few at the house. I started to put them around, but this, this is Wendy's inherited from her mother nativity set, and I have to be extra, extra careful with it. So no dinosaurs. Uh, then I, I love this one as well. No, you got to pay attention. So 
the, the camel, I will bear him gifts. You know, the donkey, I will carry him. The, uh, the fish, I will pay his taxes. The, the cow, I will quench his thirst. The, the bird, I will bless his baptism. You, you got, you know, the sheep, and, and I will warm him. The, the chicken, I will feed him. The pig, I will let him fill me with demons. Then I'll jump off a cliff. Wait, what? Here's a test. Who is at the center of a proper nativity scene? Jesus is at the center. You have Mary and Joseph. You've got the shepherds. You've got the animals. You've got the wise men, which, by the way, Ron is a stickler. He's got some OCD, and he tries to be true to the biblical story. This was all back here on this back table. And he's like, we have to be proper. So he was, I caught him. He was trying to move the wise men out into the parking lot. Because they were not at the manger. They showed up when he was about two years old. And so Ron's trying to put them over here at the chapel like they're on their way. They're, they're not there yet. And so I'm like, Ron, stop it now. Like, we, it's just a nativity scene. Everybody, we're just trying to include them. But uh, the idea is... These characters were all there, but at the center of it all is Jesus. That's where he belongs. That's where Jesus is supposed to be, and he's supposed to be at the center of everything that we do. In chapters 1 and 10 of Ezekiel, we have descriptions of what is known as the wheel in the middle of the wheel. And no ancient aliens. It is not a flying saucer. Some alien aircraft, the wheel in the middle of the wheel. It's a depiction, a description of Jesus. The, the word that was in the beginning before all things. In the beginning was the word. And nothing was made that was made without the word. It's a description of Jesus. The inner wheel in the outer wheel of all of history. Working out through that outer wheel his plans and his purposes. And because of our having the ability to choose, the power of choice, that dominion principle, we get to choose if we, if we want to let him be the inner will in our lives and seat him on the throne of our hearts. I have another illustration for you. I'm so excited about it. I just wish, you know, this would have been on Vision Sunday where I would have had even more people to show it to. But it's coming, y'all, and I'll have twice the illustrations on Vision Sunday. But here we have Aaron's bicycle wheel. Because Aaron is an avid bicyclist, a cyclist, a bicyclist, right? And, and so th this wheel, there is a hub or a sprocket in the middle. And, and you have these spokes that, that go out to the outer wheel. You have a wheel in the middle of the wheel. Jesus is supposed to be the hub or the sprocket and everything in our lives should revolve around him. Are you with me? Everything should revolve around him. Our education, our careers, our stock portfolio, our relationships. We can certainly seek these things. They're legal to seek. It's not that you shouldn't seek these things. But they are the stuff of the outer wheel and should be directly influenced by our number one pursuit, the wheel in the middle of the wheel, our blessed Lord and Savior. Now, I'm not an engineer. 
and that's kind of obvious, and we have engineers in the room, and I don't, you know, I don't try to go there, but I think this is true. The energy from the center is transferred to the rim, and when you pursue Jesus first, he will energize all of your other pursuits. As a matter of fact, when you put Jesus first, then he will purify all of your other pursuits, your motives for pursuing them. When Jesus is at the center, your priorities are in check and you're lining up with his will and you're advancing his kingdom. And that's why the Lord said it like this, seek first the kingdom of God. And then he went on and said, and all these things shall be added to you. In other words, he's going to see to it that you have everything that you need to advance his kingdom. He's going to see to it that all your needs are met according to his riches and glory because you're pushing forward his kingdom. And I know this sounds crazy, but if words mean anything, then what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6.33 is this. When you put God first, God puts you first. Think about that. When you put God first, he puts you first. When you seek his kingdom first, he will move you to the front of the line. A few years back, Bill Clinton was in town. I texted a friend of Bill Clinton's that's a friend of mine. And I said, uh, are you going to be in town to see Bill Clinton? He said, no, but do you want to meet him? I said, I'd love to meet him, man. He said, listen, he said, uh, you just stay by your phone. And so I get a phone call two minutes later from Washington, D.C. And they said, Pastor Hill? I said, yes. He said, this is John Davison. I'm uh, almost said Pastor uh, I'm Bill Clinton's, I'm the, the president's assistant. And he said, and uh, we, we would love to meet you and anybody you want to bring with you, but I need their names. And man, I'm like, it's middle of the day. Who can I get in touch with? I got Aaron and Alexander, right? Y'all remember this? I got Aaron, oh, high five. And he, I got Aaron and Alexander. And when we got to where he was speaking, there was a line of people waiting to get in to see him. I mean, big old long line. And, and th this guy, we, we just marched up to the very front of the line, made everybody mad. They're going, hey, the line starts back here. What are you doing up at the front? You're trying to cut in line. And we just kept marching. And, and when we got to the door, a guy looked at us. He said, Pastor Hill? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> he said, come on in. The president's waiting to meet you. And we just kind of looked back at everybody. We're like, bye-bye. Because we got pushed to the very front of the line. And when you pursue Jesus first, he says, I'm going to bless you first. You're going to be the first ones to get my blessings because you're advancing my kingdom. And I'm going to make sure that you have everything that you need. Come on, give me praise for that right now. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Come on. Now, 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 that's the reason the wise men showed up in the first place. They had gold, uh, the gift for a king. They had frankincense, the, 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 the gift for a priest. They had myrrh, the gift for the sacrifice, the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. But really, in practical everyday times, that was a financial means for Joseph to take Mary and Jesus into Egypt and survive financially. He had put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God was adding all these things to him. Psalm 23, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. You could word it like this. I will pursue the Lord first. 
Next statement, and I shall not want. Because I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all my needs will be supplied. He went on to say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. How could he say that? Because he pursued the Lord first. If you'll put him first, he'll put you first. If you want to see his goodness and mercy, put him first. If you want to see his provision in your life, put him first. That's what Abraham was doing when he obeyed a hard word. The, 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 the Lord came to Abraham and tested him saying, the, the, the word is tested him saying, saying he tested him with his word, Troy. He said, take your son up on that mountain and that I'll show you and offer him as a sacrifice. That's a hard word. This son of promise that he had waited on all those years, 24 years of waiting, and finally he shows up and, and grows up a little bit, and the Lord says, take that boy and offer him on the, the, the hill over here. That's a hard word. But you know what Abraham did? He just loaded up the donkeys, got his servants, got the boy, and said, come on, we've got a mission to accomplish. What was he doing? Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's where he got the revelation on that mountain the, of Jehovah Jireh. The Lord shall provide. The Lord will provide. Why? Because I've sought first the kingdom of God. And, and he's providing for my every need. That's where the Lord first told him. He said, listen, your descendants will be kings. And those kings will possess the gate of their enemies. When you put him first. You become an outlet for his glory and power in the earth. Energized by the wheel in the middle of the wheel. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Are you with me? There's more going on in my life when you look at me than just what you see on the outside. It's, it's not just me going to work. It's not just me doing the things that I do that you see on the outside. There's an inner pursuit in my life that you don't know anything about. I pursue him in secret and the Lord rewards in open. Same with you. There's a wheel on the inside that's energizing everything else I do and everything else I pursue. And I'm telling you, that's the way it is in this church. That's the way it is in your life. You see things going on. You see us meeting together. You see your brothers and sisters. How you doing? We doing good. You having gumbo today? No, we're having uh, jambalaya today. We're having pastalaya. Ooh, girl, I don't like pastalaya. All these things going on in our lives. But the underlying energy behind it all is I have a Savior. His name is Jesus. It's like Rose was saying, going to the doctor. Let me talk about Jesus. Let's talk about what's going on in my body, in my life. But let's talk about somebody that can really do something about it. His name is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Why don't you give him some praise right now? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And in times like these, y'all, we got to get this right. Jesus at the center. Not who's in the White House. Not who's running the government. Not who wins the Georgia election. Not money and things and the stock market and my 401k. But the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Our theme for 2020 has been dare to dream. And little did we know just how much we would have to dare to dream in 2020. I mean, we shot for the moon in 2020. And it's like the moon got a shotgun and like, like shot back, you know. 
And as I've been looking into what next year has in store for us, I've got to be honest, I've been tempted. I've talked about it. I've been tempted to tone it down. Here's some ideas I had. 2021, dare to survive. 2021, dare to just get by. 2021, expect a so-so year. I'll be sharing my 2021 vision with Prairieville on January 10th, Zachary on January 17th. But, but let me tell you, I'm not toning it down at all. Because Jesus did not say, when everything is going your way, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. No. Seek first implies in good times, in bad times, happy times, sad times, when the economy is roaring, when the economy is tanking, when we're just going on trips and vacations, when we can't even leave the house, his praise, we're told, should continually be in my mouth. We're instructed to bless the Lord at all times. But here's the flip side that I saw in my study this week. As our covenant partner, which if you don't know it, we're covenant partners with the Almighty God. He puts our needs at the front of the line. He wants to supply our needs because he's our covenant partner. He's looking out for us, and he's our covenant partner. We're looking out for him. We're putting his needs, quote, unquote, at the front of the line. And so the flip side is this. As our covenant partner, he would never ask us to do something he's not willing to do himself and take it further. Abram, give me your son. Abram says, okay, I'll do it. The Lord says, no, you don't have to. There's a lamb back there. And then Jesus hangs on a cross on the same mountain 2,000 years later. He won't ask us to do something he's not willing to do himself and take it further. And so here's the deal. Here's what I'm saying. If he expects us to bless him at all times, that means we should expect him to bless us at all times. In the good times, in the bad times, in the happy times, in the sad times, when the economy is roaring, when the economy is tanking, when we're taking trips and vacations, or when we can't leave the house, we should expect him to bless us at all times. Some of us need to start stretching our faith and expect the blessing and favor of the Lord to be on us, even in a pandemic, in an economic turndown, in hurricane season, when the floods come, when the fires come, when there's rioting in the streets, when they're blowing up bombs in downtown Nashville. We need to understand, I will bless him at all times, but he's going to bless me at all times because I'm in a relationship. I've chosen to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me. Come on, give him praise. We love you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Uh, stand with me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He goes on, but let me move to the next one. Psalm 20, verse 6. Now, I know that the Lord saves his anointed he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I love that. And, and I'm just telling you, there are three ways that we can put him first. 
in our praise and worship, no matter what things look like, we can put Him first. When you see me praising and worshiping the Lord up here, it's not because I'm up here. I would do that down there. When you see me praising and worshiping the Lord, it's not because everything's rosy in my life. Because very often it's not. It's anything but that. But I don't base my praise and worship on what's going on in my world. I base my praise and worship on the faith that I have in the Word of God that He hung on a cross and died for me, took my sins as far as the east is from the west, rose from the dead, promised me He's going to come back to get me, and everything's going to be much better then. And so I just praise Him because of all that. If He never did anything else for me, I will praise Him for that alone. I've had a revelation law. Y'all, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. He loves me with an everlasting love. He'll never let me go. I base my praise and worship on what He has done and what He has done alone. It's not based on my behavior. I've not been good enough, so now I praise Him. Sometimes I'm bad, but I praise Him anyway. Why? Because He forgives me of my sins. I just base my praise and worship. That's one way you can put Him first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Too often our nativity scene looks like this. We got our feelings over here. You see, you know what this animal is. This is what we call a donkey. And he becomes the sinner when it's our feelings. That's the sin. Jesus way over here. And we're like, oh, I wish I could worship Jesus. But you know what's at the center of my life? My feelings. My worries. My stress, anything. Jesus way over here, man. He's like way over here. And we're like, I'm so frustrated. It, it, the scripture would work this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. You could say, could it be that if I seek him second or third or if he's further down on the list, that not only will these things not be added, they might even be subtracted. And when I start losing some things, it's probably time for me to do a checkup from the neck up or really in my heart, check your heart. Where, where am I in putting Jesus first? And you might discover that maybe your career or your money or the relationships you've been pursuing with other people is, is at the center of your nativity scene and on the throne of your life. And it's just a matter of recentering. Recentering. When you're on your phone and you're doing Google directions, Google Maps, and, and you start scrolling and getting ahead and getting all over the place, and you look at your map and you have no idea where you are, what do you, what, there's a button, there's a thing you can tap that says recenter. You just push that button and recenter, and you know right where you are. Some of us in this room today, it's time to recenter. Recenter in our praise and worship, also in our prayer and fasting. We got a week of prayer and fasting coming up. Jesus told his disciples, empowered his disciples. He told them, go cast out demons. But there was a time when they could not cast the demons out of a young man. They had been empowered and promised that they could, but they could not. Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. He says, some things only happen by prayer and fasting. There's promises God's made in your life that you'll never see realized if you don't pray and fast. If Jesus Christ himself had to withdraw from everybody else and get alone with his heavenly father and push the plate aside and fast at seasons in his life, if he had to, how much more should we have to as well, the body of Christ? I hate fasting, y'all. I despise it with everything within me. 
It, it is literally pre-death. You do realize that. It's pre-death. Fasting, food, is setting your body up to die. I mean, we should hate fasting. People that say, I love fasting. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You, you, you got like, we need you, you need therapy, right? I hate fasting. But sometimes you got to fast, push the plate away, spend time with your heavenly father. That's one way we can seek first. And these things are added unto us. And we've got that week coming up. And then with Mark Morgan, I'm so excited to have Pastor Morgan with us. God's going to do something special. I'm telling you, January 8th, 9th, 10th, God's going to do something very special. We're going to be primed and pumped and ready for it, praying and fasting and believing God. Another way that we can put Him first is in our tithes and offerings. We don't like to talk about that. But the windows of heaven, God wants to open them up and pour out blessings on us. And I'm going to tell you right here and right now, there's enough money in the people of Life Point right now to do everything God's called us to do. I say that in my I am statement every day. Life Point is a financial powerhouse with more than enough to do everything God's called us to do. But I would say there are probably some who have not learned to let go and to seek first the kingdom of God and align your will with His, with the plans and purposes of God. And He says, I'm going to put you at the front of the line. I'm going to pour out blessings on you. I know that you're a conduit. I know it's going to flow through you. I am so thankful that in this crazy year, you guys have given faithfully and, and done so much to push the kingdom of God forward. As a matter of fact, in the last 60 days, 90 days, let me put 90 days on that, you've given over $8,000 to home missions and foreign missions around the world in the last 90 days. Over $8,000, y'all. Give God some praise for that right now. Not because we're so good, but that's lining us up with His plans and His purposes. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. I know you've been standing a long time. Would you close your eyes? Father, I give you praise. I love you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness. And God, you've blessed this church in so many profound ways. But it's time for us to recenter once again. Here at the end of this Christmas season, let us put our priorities back in line, God. Let us get our motivation just right. We sing because you're good. We come together because you're good, Lord. We gather in this building because you're good. We watch online because you're good. It's all about you, Jesus. We give because it's all about you, Jesus. We serve because it's all about you, Jesus. We worship because it's all about you, Jesus. We pray and fast because it's all about you, Jesus. Pushing and advancing the kingdom of God forward in Jesus' name. I want you to... Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times please visit our website at golifepoint.com.